Tizo stands for titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. In other words, their commitment to mineral sun protection is right in the name. Tizo is known for having a unique line of all mineral sunscreens with different textures and finishes that cater to every skin type and tone. Sunscreen application may seem burdensome, but with Tizo, it doesn't have to be. Their sunscreens have been meticulously crafted to seamlessly fit into your daily routine. Whether it is saving a step in the morning with an SPF that doubles as a makeup primer, or giving your skin a glow before running errands, Tizo has you covered. All Tizo sun protection formulas have broad spectrum protection and are 100% free of chemical sunscreens, dyes, parabens, gluten, preservatives, fragrances, and phthalates. Check out Tizo's mineral sunscreens and so much more at TizoSkin.com. That's T-I-Z-O Skin.com. Shop with code LISTEN10 to receive 10% off your first order. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Hi. What's up? Hi. 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 It's so good to be back with you two. Yeah, I know. I feel like it's a previous one to ask me and there's been nothing. Mm. Oh, they're not reaching out to you. They're not reaching out. They're literally making small talk and I'm like, you want to ask me out on a date or because I'm not going to, I'm done with that. I'm done with reaching out to guys now. If you don't want to reach out. Now. No, if you don't want to reach out to me, then you know what? I'm not reaching out to you. This is a new strategy I'm trying. So it's not going to So then you literally cannot go on Bumble. No, <laughs> and I will not go on Bumble. Okay, let's <laughs> make sure that we're clear. I don't want to do the work. Speaking of getting on and off dating apps, though, this kind of reminds me of this article that we all kind of came oh, across. Yes. About Mr. Underwood. Mr. Colton Underwood. Don't, don't, don't. Stint on Grinder. Yeah, what a stint. What yeah. a stint. And then now he's under off. an alias, no less. Right. So let's yeah. go back and tell the listeners yes, what yes. exactly happened. Let's review the facts. Let's review the facts. Who so, wants to light off for us? You bought Alejandro. Yeah. So apparently, Mr. Underwood has, well, I mean, obviously, we know he was on The Bachelor in 2019, and he was an athlete in the NFL. I don't know which team he played for, but what I learned. It was, well, no, the Raiders. It was the Raiders. The he Raiders. got drafted. He like got um, pushed around and then ended up on the Raiders. That's only big for me because Brian's a big Raiders fan. Oh, oh Brian's <laughs> a big Raiders fan. No, and I remembered that I have to bring this up to him about Colt Underwood being on the Raiders. He also basically like had a very short lived career. He wasn't, I wouldn't even call him an NFL player because it was a very short lived career. And I'm just being a hater, but the fact. 
Literally, you were benched, so. So we're going to do a little skimming. I mean, there was something about he was at a spa and then... Which I really want to know the name of the spa because apparently it's a spa that caters to gay clientele. I'm Whoa. sure we could just Google in it. In LA? But I, I didn't want to like ask. I, I thought I and you don't know. It's yeah, it's in LA. I don't know. I haven't been. I mean, I've been to a spa, but I haven't been to a spa. I was going to ask, and now I have to find <laughs> another source. Is it one of those massage spas, like the Thai massage? I don't know, but it says it's a spa, but in LA that caters to gay clientele, apparently, it's well known. Hmm. And people like took shady photos of him, new, yeah. allegedly, <gasps> and blackmailed him. And he says that's why he did the interview because he was blackmailed into uh, coming out. What? Mm-hmm. But now he's also. Oh, but it was. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I. You said go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say. No, no, no. You told me to go ahead. Um. I can I have the facts on? Yeah. So you go. Okay. So like he got those pictures, and then he told his publicist. Because he was like, the publicist is the only person who can't like hurt me. Mm-hmm. And then I think they reached the decision. But the publicist was the first person I think that he sent the photos to because they developed a plan. Right? Wow. Yes. Okay, now we have the facts. Definitely. Wow. And then, like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how he is creating this platform to like share his story and other people's stories um, of different identities, too. Like, there's another athlete who's on this Netflix thing um, oh, yeah. that he has out. And then, as well as... Um, the Olympian. Yeah, another Olympian. So it's interesting. Yeah, he's this white guy who's using his privilege to elevate the voices of others, which is interesting and complicated. So yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing was that Cassie, who he like ended up with from The Bachelor, has a restraining order against him. Which, yeah. Yeah. Oh, can yeah. we talk about that? What yes. The he, put a, he put a GPS tracker on her car and he was stalking her. And this is after they like broke up or whatever and he was just super stalkery. So she... Yeah got a restraining order against him. So that's the thing. It's like, yes, we're happy that he's coming out and like sharing his truth. And like, we're happy to see more of an LGBTQ presence on The Bachelor. Yeah. But it's also like, this is somebody who stalked a woman and like whatever society was like telling him or like whatever, that that was his, I think he says it was like his method of controlling the relationship, like controlling sexuality or something. But like, now he has a TV show where he's going to be talking about this which again, is great, but his dad says something really interesting in the article about how like he wishes his son wouldn't always live his life out in the public. Mm -hmm. So, and that's like kind of an interesting concept to me because I don't know, it just does sort of feel like a lot of this stuff is to communicate with the public, right? Yeah. It's like, first you're on The Bachelor living out your dating life. Then you're in like a very public relationship and you're kind of like trying to cling to that one could make the assumption. Mm -hmm. And then you're coming out on Good Morning America and now you're moving on to a show, right? So like, so, okay, what what show? What's happened? He has his own show. He, he has a Netflix show, show about his life as a gay man now. And that happened very fast. Yes. And like, yeah, one could say. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it is has everything to do with him being a famous white man. Because why aren't other people getting their own shows for well, coming out? They talk about that, don't they? Yeah. They do talk about it, and there is someone who is highlighted in the um, in this special that has been created, who is also a member of the LGBTQ community. I believe she identifies as the T portion of the spectrum, but still, I and I don't she know. was black, I think. Right? I don't know. There's somebody who's black that's interviewed in that article who basically addresses the fact that like 
this is a white man getting yeah. this show. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a lot easier for this all to be lived out in the public because of his privilege as like a white straight presenting man. Yeah. And that all being said, um, I think she even addresses like, oh, well, like we're happy that these conversations are happening and mm-hmm. that like the show is going to address and interview other people, but still like, these are the facts of the matter. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm really happy that that, admissions made by yeah. that person yeah it has to happen people have to acknowledge that truth but something else that struck me was um the fact that he's also from the midwest mm-hmm. didn't have a real connection to any gay people yes. at all mm-hmm. i mean no representation but there was no role model that he could either aspire to in the community or even in well he did say like ricky martin but i guess like a musician that he yes was fond of who is it yes who is it yes i love ricky martin yeah. Um, but he also was very Christian or Catholic, mm. right? Yeah. He came from a very religious um, household and he thought it was a bad thing. He thought it was a sin to be gay. Like he literally, I think we talked about it. The reason why he went on the bachelorette, he was like praying to God that if I get like, show me a sign. Yeah. He got accepted onto the bachelorette. That was a sign from God that he's not gay. Mm-hmm. And so he thought, okay, so maybe I'm not gay. I got onto the show and then, you know, suppressed it even more until I guess he was being blackmailed. I don't That's do you think he would have come out if he yeah. wasn't being blackmailed? No. Like, it doesn't feel that way. No, it doesn't no seem right? Like, like this is not something that he wanted to ever probably face or deal with till maybe much later in his life. And the fact that the first person he went to was his publicist. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah, That's exactly. Kind of as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I I thought about that, too, about what he was saying about, like, he had no gay role models in the football community. Mm -hmm. And, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do think that's interesting. I also had no idea he was so passionate about football. (laughs) Your football career feels, like, really behind you, but... No, yes, that sucks. I mean, yeah. the football, you know, sports in general is such a macho yes. male dominated steroid that I know that there are, are a lot of suppressed gay men who are athletes and they just can't come out because of the industry that they're in. And it's just so toxic and you know, like homophobic men are fucking scary and dangerous and and sometimes the same people who are hooking up and going to these yes, yeah. spaces that are allowed for well, the, the, like, for the did, Okay, so then did you guys um, watch the Netflix special with Aaron Hernandez? Yes. yes. Oh my, my God. God. I binged through that. That was the, the scariest, too. juiciest. It was literally, I watched it in like two days, maybe a day and a half. Same. Oh my God, I had to know what happened and like what is going on in this person's brain. Yeah. And to know that like, I mean, yes, he had a lot of pressure and like there's so much put on a young person at his age and reaching the level of stardom that he was able to skyrocket to. But it's been a while, but from what I remember, like they kind of tried incorporating something about his sexuality into- Yeah, they did. I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Like whether it was them trying to demonize Almost like gay well, didn't they say that the like, reason that he killed the guy was because he knew that he was gay? Like he had some information about Aaron being gay, and that was why Aaron killed him. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I just thought that he had a lot of suppressed anger, or just you know whatever is happening with him. Like he he had, he'd been experimenting with boys since he was in high school. One of the old teammates slash best friends, he's gay, openly gay, and he came out and he was like 
we had been messing around in high school, but I think Aaron was just in this football world. Um, and also, you know, mental illness and the fact that he had to kind of hide this yeah. big part of himself really does fuck someone up. What was his mental illness? Do you remember? I don't know, but he had a lot of issues and he was a very angry human being and very homophobic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Super homophobic. And he just, just go out and kill people and knowing that he can get away with it. Well, yeah. And I want to talk about the fact that it seems like the NFL also has the most issues of violence towards women mm-hmm. of any of the sports leagues to bring it back to Colton Underwood. That kind of leads into like putting a tracking device on somebody's car. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I just, I think football is such an aggressive sport. You are, you have so many concussions like that does a lot. To yeah. Someone. But okay. I want to hear about the grinder situation with Colton. Yeah. Well, he had like a period of time where he was on the app and was dating, but he was on there anonymously and he had always like dealt with paranoia because he was worried that someone was going to out him at some point or, you know, just that, that whole, like just dealing yeah. with like being on the app in secrecy. It's interesting because I can understand the struggle or yeah. the trials and tribulations of coming from a very conservative background and having parents who are super religious mm-hmm. and well i was gonna say that because the latinx community like is often very religious also right oh for sure yeah. for sure i mean when i came out like it was how it happened it's like kind of like a slow evolution and the first like two or three friends that i told it was i was like so nervous the butterflies were insane mm-hmm. um it, it turned out to be like a more positive conversation that I anticipated. The person that I was most excited to tell was, well, not most excited, but most nervous, was my best friend at the time. And, you know, after having like those few practice rounds, like, all right, with them, it's okay, it's not. Yeah. I got the totally opposite reaction from a really close friend. And I internalized it in a way that I thought the whole world was going to respond this way, uh, including my parents, including my family, just everyone. So I freaked out attempted suicide that night and then recovered and during that recovery process it was interesting psychologist that was assigned to me at that time convinced me that it was important to share with my parents why and he wanted me to come up to them while I was there so it was just like while you were at psychology while I was recuperating that's a lot of pressure that's a lot it was a lot of pressure yeah but it was like at the time just trying to like you know come to normalcy or come to a state of normalcy and then trying to you know be aware of you know my soon return back home Mm -hmm. to be with my parents freaked me out and i'm just like fuck like i need help so he ended up helping me come out to them and it was just like an interesting transition Mm -hmm. um i mean at first like We'll deal with like this later, this sort of thing. Yeah. 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 We'll yeah. deal with this later. Okay. Yeah. Let's get you better first. Let's yeah. get some help. Yeah. And then, you know, once I got home, it was rocky. I mean, it was just a, an adjustment period that was like really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, to them knowing that you were gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were attempts to try and like have a conversation. I remember with a family friend who happened to be a, a priest because uh, my godfather uh, was also a priest. It was like a conference that we they tried facilitating, but it was really funny because I was just sitting there the whole time, just totally disgruntled looking at the floor, not even paying attention to anybody. I, like, knew how to... So my face has always been aggressive, so, like, yeah. and I just was very much being the opposite of, like, wanting to be there. You know, that happened in the springtime. How old were you? That was when I was 16. Okay. Yeah. And did your friend know that they were, like, the root, kind of, of this happening? And, like, sent you into this kind of spiral? Interesting that you say that. Well, first, I want to say back to my parents. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I don't want to lose that. <laughs> that was a really interesting story. Okay. But my parents 
although it was really tumultuous in the beginning, I think what's really important is the gratitude that I feel now as far as how quickly that transition took place. Because like I said, springtime was when I had come out by summer. My mom ended up buying myself and my boyfriend Gloria Stefan concert tickets. So it's really cool how through points of disagreement, we can somehow reach bridges of understanding regardless of how intense the circumstances are. Mm -hmm. Back to that particular friend. We ended up going to the same university together. We only had Michigan. Go Wolverines. Go Wolverines. Go I went to uh, University of Wisconsin Madison and then transferred to Purdue. Holy shit, that's yeah. so cool. Oh my god. Yes, god. Midwest. Purdue, I always think of the chicken. Oh, Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> that's P E R. Oh, where P U R. No, they're both P U R, are they not? I thought it was P E R. I think it's P E R. We would know where we went. That's right. But you didn't know that it was the Wolverines. Oh, no, no. Okay, so okay, back to that. Yes, so friend. we fell out. I mean, I mean, in high school, that's what I mean. After I came out, we fell out. And then um, in college, I knew he was on campus, but we like kind of crossed paths, but rarely, you know, it was always in the distance. Then, um, oh, that's so sad with your best friend. Truly. Yeah, it's so weird. But like by, by college, like I was over it. Like, I was, yeah. I was a new that person. I was involved and like I was yeah. kind of over that friendship. So junior year, he fucking disappears. We had classes like sociology and Spanish, and then disappeared. Stop showing up to class. My professors are asking, we saw you like, you know, working together sometimes. I think you have you heard from him? Da, da, da. Nothing. So then another friend of ours who was also on the swim team, we, we were like, you know, all really close. He was also at U of M. I literally we, had no we, idea you were on the swim team. I didn't know you were on the swim team That's either. Like conversation. Oh my God, we went to nationals and shit. Like, it was I know, awesome. I was on the rowing team. Look at Yo, the student athletes. NCAA, Division <laughs> So like that other friend, we also were like, we had similar classes together. So we were like, what the fuck happened? Where did he go? No news, nothing. Years go by. And this is now, I want to say four years after graduating. So flash forward to, you know, four years after graduating and I'm with a friend at this bar and we were just, you know, trying to kick it. It was a crowded night. There was like all sorts of music and, uh, oh, there was a karaoke going on. And at this particular spot, like there's a theater down the street. So the theater crowd would always come to karaoke night and they would show us up. Like it was fuck. I can do a busted Amy Winehouse any day. But when it comes to Those the theatrical groups, oh my God, they just took over the fucking mic. So <laughs> it was just like no chance anyone sounding good. On this particular night, there's this guy who is doing um, an Aladdin sign. And it, it was just super glam about it and just like, it, it was She wasn't really one of those theater kids, let me tell you that. No, it was <laughs> So um he was singing Aladdin. Then um well, I'm at the bar with my friend and we're getting a drink, and then all of a sudden that guy who's on the mic 
comes up to us and he's just like, hey, what's good? Da, da, da. So like we, you know, we hit it off and he's like, oh, come join us. We're, we're over here at a table. So he's like, all right, well, let me get our drinks first. A table? So we- In Michigan. So, so we get, our, so we get our, um, our drinks and we go to the table where he is at with his friends. Mm-hmm. At that table is my ex-best friend <gasps> from like high Jeez. school. Wow. And this is a gay bar. And- oh! I knew it. That detail was missing at the top. So, I knew it. Oh my god, I called it in my head. I wish I said it out loud. But... So when I approached the table, like it was really bizarre because like I I had never expected to see him in my life. I really like I reached closure and yeah, like, yeah. Okay, like I put that on my mind. So I'm approaching the table and seeing him there, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? So I was like trying to be calm about it, and then oh my god, I can't even imagine up, like, what's going through your head. And then like, is he dropping out of school? No, no, no. This is after we graduated. This is four so years. But he was missing from class. So yeah. What like, happened? What's the story? Was he in class? I, we never so we never got to that button yes. when he like very quick when i approached the table he pulled me aside he had this sincere apology that was almost like he it was like this speech that he had prepared no like he knew that one day this moment was going to come almost that's almost exactly how i felt i was kind of taken aback because one it was like fucking the ghost it was not fucking the ghost <laughs> <laughs> shock and I was just like I thank you for that I wasn't expecting that and I didn't even want anything yeah. like that so for me it was just like I didn't have a response prepared right so to have this yeah because he had his whole thing prepared right and then like, me, present this to me it was just like okay like thanks like, yeah but did he what, what did he come out to you as he gay do we know this he the person who was on the microphone who invited us to the table was his boyfriend oh through college oh yeah okay you know what bothers me is that you already know you're gay you're dating someone yes. you're openly gay through college you he saw you in college why not apologize to you there and then you had the same classes why wait four years later when you happen to be at the same bar to give you that apology it's I like i appreciate that but i mean i guess i, I do want to like kind of correct as far as my defensive. tone because I, I hear like i'm getting like elevated and all that but like i mean what's done is done. you're right it's yeah and, like, and at least you did get that apology yeah you know but i had heard rumors 
while we were on campus about some shady shit going on with him and like whoever else. And I believe it. You're like, like, it's like, none of my business, like, but that's exactly how it was. Yeah. You're so far yeah. removed from this whole thing now because of what had happened. But like, it's in still your head, was like, you're like, oh my god. Right. And like, of course, you can be friends with whoever for a reason, but I also think that, especially in high school, which is such like a growing point for so many of us, like you do gravitate to people who you have similarities with. It's just mm-hmm. sad because obviously he was also a child who was 16 yes, years old when all of this was happening. So it is just sad to see that kids, you know, like have to suppress this part of themselves that's so big. And, and you were doing something so brave. So brave. Yeah. But that scared the fuck out of him to, to see you Somebody doing that. Doing that it. he's like, fuck, I'm going to probably have to face it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he even knew, I, he probably knew about himself. That sucks. It's easy for me to sit here and be like, fuck him. But then you really think about it. And it's like, it's, well, it's also like, it's I like. get like we had some yeah. cultural upbringing. Mm-hmm. Like, although he was not of the same ethnicity, there was still like a really strong family dynamic. And yeah. bond. I got that. It was like, I, you like knew. I saw both sides. Like yeah. I, I understood both sides. Of, yeah. Like, it's so like, interesting when we like that. can recognize people who are being obnoxious to us and know where it's coming from. Yeah. You know, like yeah. separating how it makes you feel versus having empathy for the place that they're in, that they're doing that. Yeah. On that note, we're so happy to have you exactly as you are. Yeah, we love you. And I'm so happy I know you. Yeah. And we're so happy that you get to know him. Yes. That's it. Okay. So, uh, until next time. Oh, that's it. All right. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. 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 DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.